0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Got a lot to talk about on the show today, obviously with Alabama coming to town to face the Arkansas Razorbacks. We're going to bring Charlie Potter in from Bama Online to kind of go behind enemy lines, talk to him a little bit about the Crimson Tide in this matchup. We're also going to bring in Curtis Wilkerson, who's got some basketball stuff to talk about as well as helping us break down this game. All right, let's get into it. This is your Arkansas versus Alabama Primer. And before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always follow us on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page with 90,000 other Razorback fans if you haven't done so already. Throw us a like on the video if you haven't done that. Also available on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the channel on YouTube if you haven't done so already. And hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. We'd love to have a thumbs up on this video and share the content with somebody else if you think might like it. Also, on on Apple Podcasts, if you haven't thrown us that five-star review, we would love to have a five-star review from you. Let others know what to think about the show if you're enjoying it. And also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of. to Find your favorite podcast, Google Podcasts as well. Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. So you want to check us out if you like reading VIP content. If you like our free stuff, go check out our VIP stuff. All right. Arkansas and Alabama, 2.30 p.m., I misspoke on that early in the video. I corrected myself, but most of my comments were, I thought the game was at 2.30 at and I said 6, but it's at 2.30 on CBS. Number 20, Arkansas versus number 2, Alabama. We'll get into some of Alabama's road woes and stuff that they've had a little bit lately. The line on this game, depending on where you look, is anywhere from 16.5 to 17.5, okay? So, it has grown. It, it opened, I think, at like fourteen so it has definitely grown there's going to be a lot of big recruits here this weekend dj lagway five-star quarterback uh ryan wingo these are guys in the 20 uh 2024 class 2024 is that right yeah 2024 so we're already up ahead i mean the 2023 class is basically full Uh, ryan wingo number one wide receiver uh in the country ronnie wingo's uh brother Uh, Tyler Tyler Singleton, there's a long list of like five stars that are coming to this game. Obviously, Alabama's a big attraction. It's important to have a lot of big recruits for this game because, first of all, it's 2.30, so it gives you plenty of time to get recruits in town, um, you know, if they're coming from far away like Dallas, and they can also, you know, get out of town if they need to, but they can also meet with the coaches after the game. So it's kind of in a sweet spot there at 2.30, and that's important because this game's on October 1st, there's not another Razorback home game until November 5th. Let me say that again. It's October 1st, of this game. There's not another Razorback home game until November 5th, and it's Liberty, which may have 11 a.m. written all over it. So important to get a lot of big recruits in for this one, and they have definitely – looks like they've knocked it out of the park in that regard. If you want five-star service, have you tried Ozarks Go? If you haven't tried Ozarks Go – then you're missing out. And I'm going to say this about those guys. I have never had an issue with them, like where I had to call or anything. But if you did have something, like say you were moving or you wanted to change your service or something, one of the things I like about these guys is they're local. So you're going to be talking to somebody from this area. You know, you're not going to get shipped off to some call center or something like that. You're going to talk to somebody – you know, probably from Northwest Arkansas. So I really like that. They don't do stuff like you know, try to get you like a gotcha price, try to bring you in and uh, at a super low price and then start jacking your price up. They just offer a really great rate, and the price you pay in year one is going to be the price you pay in year two. It's not going to be like, wow, I'm suddenly paying more than I was for my old service. Because they, they trick me into switching over. It's not going to be like that. And you call and click cancel, and they say, hey, well, let us save you at this rate. Well, if that's the rate, why, why have I been paying more the whole time? It's just very frustrating. Never have to deal with these guys. Never worry about plugging in or unplugging. They offer um, 100 megabits per second, 1,000 megabits per second. In fact, I think that's the only you know kind of promotion they'll give you, like is the um, 1,000 megabits per second, which is called their gigabit. Uh, for the same price as their 100 for like the first month just to just to let you test it out so uh, go to ozarksgo.net slash hog h-a-w-g ozarksgo.net slash hog and you can find out if they're available in your area think north of the tunnel okay think uh, if you get ozarks electric than probably available in your area, eastern Oklahoma also. But you can go there. There's a check availability button. There's a menu, a drop-down menu for for mobile that has a, a way to check availability. But uh, a great service, something that I've used for over a year now, and um, before I was even promoting them. So um, wouldn't wouldn't tell you guys that I like the service without that. So go to OzarksGo.net/slash H A W G. You can also call them if you like at 479 684 4900, but I would recommend using the website. Okay. Arkansas basketball released the full schedule today. So we'll have Curtis on to talk a little bit about that here in a little bit. We're going to go to uh, Charlie Potter first, though, here in a few minutes. But. uh, Open it up with the red white scrimmage on October 16th in Barnhill Arena. Then they've got an exhibition at Texas. I don't know if you guys missed that, but they added a late exhibition against Texas on October 29th. That's in Austin at 3 p.m. It'll be on the Longhorn Network. So I don't know exactly. I don't know if I get the Longhorn Network, the soon to be defunct Longhorn Network. Uh, And then uh, opening the season against North Dakota State in Bud Walton Arena, Fordham on November – that's November 7th. Then Fordham on November 11th. And then November 16th, South Dakota State, before the Maui Invitational on the 21st. And you guys can go to hogsports.com and check out the whole schedule. I'm not going to read off every game, obviously. The ESPN-FPI, which has been a bit of a disaster the last couple years, in my opinion, the ESPN-FPI has Alabama as a 93.1 projected favorite, 93.1 chance of winning the game. Now, to me, Alabama hasn't been, like, just dominant on the road, okay? Uh, I don't think – Arkansas has had a couple of hiccups here and there, but they really haven't just been dominated. Auburn, they didn't play very well in that game last year, but that's about it. You know, uh, Will. This is what Will Anderson says: the Alabama uh, edge rusher, uh, the audacity for the other team to even step on the field is disrespectful to me. Anderson said, the audacity for the fans to show up and for the team to come step on the field and play with us, <laughs> I mean, the audacity. It reminds me of like uh, you know a wrestler talking to Mean Gene. The audacity for you to even step on the field with me, brother. Arkansas has got to keep it clean. I don't think that's any question. They need to be the team that keeps it clean, and they need Alabama to have some mistakes. They had 15 penalties at Texas. They need something like that to happen, a bunch of turnovers to happen. I've seen Alabama be in a dogfight where they lost a turnover battle 5-0, Ole Miss several years ago now, uh, back when Ole Miss had beat them twice in a row. So let's talk about these road woes for 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 Alabama. So here are the recent road trips. These are five recent road games, okay? This year, these are the last five that they've played. Texas in Austin. Alabama won 20 to 19. The last road game last year was at Auburn. Alabama won 24-22. All right, here's the outlier game. They went down to Starkville and drubbed Mississippi State 49-9. Okay? 2021 before The game before that, they lost to Texas A&M 38-41, okay? And then the game before that in 2021, lost at Florida 31-20, or excuse me, not lost, beat Florida 31-29, okay? So they're, what, 4-1 in those games, the last five road games, 4-1. If you – now, I don't mean to, like, just – we can manipulate the numbers any way we want. But if you threw out the Mississippi State game, just to show how competitive you know they have been four out of the last five times of the opponent, it's 113 to 111. That's an average score of 28.3 to 27.8. Dating to the SEC championship game in 2026 of Alabama's last 12 SEC games have been decided by a touchdown or less. Alabama's 4 and 2 in those games. So 6 of the last 12 games that they've played have been decided by a touchdown or less. That includes Arkansas's game last year 42-35. And 4 of their last 5 road trips have been very close. And I don't mean like by a touchdown. I mean we're talking like 3 points, 2 points, 1 point. This is a great Houston Nut style quote from Trey Knox. The football is a funny-shaped ball, and it rolls weirdly sometimes, and stuff happens, Knox said. We just have to find small victories and just helping the team out in any way we can and playing hard and physical every chance we get. I like what Josh Pate says. Like, is Arkansas in wounded animal mode right now? And would they be better served to have a chance to beat Alabama if they weren't in that mode? I don't know. I think there's certainly a lot of momentum. You know, Alabama's going to have to come in and try to take Arkansas's crowd out of it. What Arkansas needs is Arkansas's crowd to not determine their energy level just based on what's happening on the field. They have to be loud start to finish. Now, they were helped along in the Texas game. There's so many big plays early, and the energy was electric. It was a night game. But in this one... I don't know if that happens in Texas. You know, the Texas game, if some bad stuff happens early, you know. So, the fans had to fight through it. They, they need you. They need you in this one. They need you to be loud and, and strong. And, again, they had 15, 15 penalties against, tex- against Texas in Austin. And the other three games they've had have just been blowouts. They've just been completely overmatched opponents. Arkansas has been tested a lot more than Alabama has. A lot more. The secret to winning this one might be to unleash K.J. Jefferson. This is a national article on 24/7 Sports. I would agree with that. How many times we talked over the years about the things that you have to have to beat Alabama? You know, you need to be the home team. You need to be good in the first place. You need a dual-threat quarterback in a lot of cases. Now we've seen teams not have dual-threat quarterbacks and beat them, but it's usually it's that. And since Nick Saban has been to excuse me, has been to Alabama, there has uh, every every team in the SEC. Western Division has beaten them except Arkansas. They've had plenty of opportunities 2010 24-20 loss, two interceptions in the fourth quarter going into the fourth quarter with a win. 2014 14-13 loss. I mean, and last year, you know, was a close game. Now, last year Arkansas kind of, you know, they they were Alabama had a two touchdown lead on them and Arkansas punched one in late, made it a seven point game, which might have better you know reflected how close the game was. Uh, Bryce Young threw for 500 and something ridiculous yards. Alabama had like 670 yards of total offense against Arkansas last year. So if you think, do you think Arkansas's secondary is better or worse (laughs) than Alabama? (laughs) Or excuse me, better or worse than Arkansas was last year? Because they gave up a lot of passing yards last year. All right, I want to go over to Charlie Potter. Charlie joined us last year does a great job covering Crimson Tide for Bama Online. Uh, He's been with them for a number of years. You can follow Charlie at Charlie underscore Potter. Where are you at, Charlie? We'll get him. You can follow him at Charlie underscore Potter on Twitter.
3: Get iXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com audio. Visit iXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Okay, picture this. It's
1: Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the
0: wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details.
2: Hyundai, there's
1: joy in every journey.
2: It does a great job over there. Charlie, how you doing, man? Hey, man, how's it going? It's going good, going good. You making it over to, to Fayetteville for this one?
0: Yeah, I'll be heading out tomorrow.
2: Heading out tomorrow. Good deal. Awesome. Well, let me know if you need any advice on, on where to eat and whatnot. Um, I didn't want to keep you too long, Charlie. I know you got a lot going on, but I just I wanted to to just kind of jump into this and um, you know just kind of go over the the five question script behind enemy lines deal. Uh, I was wondering first of all if you could update us a little bit on the injury slash suspension report uh, with Alabama. Is anybody coming back that uh, that has been out, and is anybody expected to miss?
0: Yeah, well, they don't have any suspensions, at least that, that we're aware of. But um, the injury report isn't super long, um, but there's some significant names on there. You know, we saw last week in the Vanderbilt game, both Byron Young and, and uh, Jordan Battle, two senior starters at defensive line and safety respectively, uh, left the game. Those are two guys that have played in every game over the last three seasons and, and all, they started all four games this year. So those are big pieces to the, to the defensive puzzle uh byron um actually had to be carted off when i mean it was a like a, an ankle injury and it makes sense not like let the big fella have to hobble all the way to the locker room but it sounds like he sprained his ankle and uh was able to do some things in practice yesterday the same goes for uh, jordan battle even though his official injury wasn't uh, publicly disclosed kind of like he kind of maybe tweaked his hamstring or something in the game against vanderbilt but both of those guys practiced uh, to some extent yesterday and the hope is that they're able to go on saturday that remains to be seen they're, they're kind of day-to-day and um it's not really unusual to hear next tape but just take the day-to-day game time decision approach these mm-hmm. days but um as for the guys that have been out uh for longer periods uh, those are really just at the wide receiver position with the big names being jojo earl and tyler harrell harrell being the transfer from Louisville. um you know jojo's a guy that fractured his foot back in early august and nick saban kind of pointed to october 1st as a potential return date back then expected to miss about six to eight weeks and you know jojo warmed up before the game last week and um he didn't have cleats on i know that kind of sounds weird he kind of had on like the <clears throat> the turf shoes that they wear in the indoor facility i'm sure that's because of his foot maybe to provide some extra padding and knowing that he's not going to play in last week's mm-hmm. game but uh he looked pretty good so did tyler harrell tyler Harold, though you know has a foot issue as well but you know, he had cleats on spatted up everything like that so they're going to get those guys back soon the wide receivers I don't know if it'll be this weekend. Um, I think the more likely would maybe be Jojo Earl because he's familiar with this offense, being a part of it last year as a true freshman and, and having a really good off season. Tyler Harrell being a transfer coming in, he's been kind of plagued by injuries since he got here. And, um, you know, I don't know if they throw him into the fire on the road for his first game experience in Alabama uniform, but really that's, that's the extent of it. It's it's not lengthy, but it's going to be something that we're going to be watching in pregame warm-ups just to see what guys are doing, you know, how involved they are, and maybe where in the pecking order they're warming up.
2: Charlie Potter joining us again. You can follow him at Charlie underscore Potter on Twitter. Uh, Alabama, or excuse me, Bama Online Beat Writer does a great job over there. That would be Arkansas's luck just given this series that a guy like JoJo Earl would, you know, miss <laughs> the first part of the season and then find, make it back right in time for the Arkansas game. I want to ask you, aside from him and some of the guys you mentioned, uh, who, are, who are some of the guys that are stepping up? It seems obviously a lot of new faces without Brian Robinson, Jameson Williams, John Mechie. Um, a lot of new faces for, for Alabama in the skill roles.
0: Yeah, it is kind of the new cast of characters around Bryce Young. Um, at receiver – you know they went out and outside of of harrell they went to the transfer portal and picked up jermaine burton from georgia um he had a big game last week with 94 yards on four catches and um you know he's getting more and more involved in the offense he's he's really been alabama's most consistent wide receiver uh during the off season and so maybe a little bit of a slower start than some expected i think a lot of people myself included kind of thought he would be alabama's clear-cut number one receiver but they've been spreading the ball around quite a bit and you know guys that have been in the program like TreShaun Holden, who's going into his third year, and, and Jacory Brooks, uh, sophomore, uh, have really stepped up. Uh, Holden leads the team in in receiving yards and and touchdowns, and the Jacory had a huge game last week, um, kind of leading the way in terms of uh, everything against Vanderbilt. And he's a guy that stepped up big last year whenever Mechie and, and Jamison were, were out with injuries, or even the second half of that Auburn game when when Jamison Williams got that targeting penalty. So. You know those three have really been Alabama's um, top wide receivers, but you you also kind of have to mention Jameer Gibbs in that same breath because Jameer le- leads the the team in uh, receptions at the running back position. You know he's a transfer from Georgia Tech, someone that um, just received rave reviews over the of course the off season and the way that he's come in and, and been just a versatile weapon for alabama and you know he's been solid in the run game but really effective as a receiver um you know from a running back position jace mcclellan has been alabama's leading rusher he's a guy that suffered a a, a knee injury last year early in the season and missed the rest of the year and you know, he's came back and it looked like his old self if not better uh, you know that long touchdown run against texas was 81 yards Um, really the biggest explosive play for the offense this season and it came in a crucial moment so you know he's going to be a guy they feature a lot out of the backfield and um, you know I'd be remiss if I didn't mention a guy like Cameron Latu you know coming into his fifth year in the program he's a former outside linebacker but has been at tight end the last few years and he missed the opener against Utah State but has been back and uh, someone that Bryce Young looks to a lot as well and, and there are going to be some freshmen sprinkled in at the receiver position um, Kobe Prentice Isaiah Bond Kendrick Law and maybe we see one of those injured guys return but, but they have a lot of guys that are stepping up into bigger roles and um, you know getting more and more comfortable in this offense
2: Charlie is this a good offensive line for Alabama compared to past offensive lines
0: well, I mean, there's been some some damn good ones in the past. I think it's right now better than last year, and that's not really saying a whole lot, um, to be honest. You know, you had Evan Neal, who was a top-five pick uh, in the NFL draft, and um, you know he was an All-American and, and really a bright spot on that line. But there was a lot of new guys, or guys stepping into new roles last year. Um, they didn't get a lot of good production from the right tackle position. And so we've seen some kind of – Movement, some shuffling. There's obviously two new starters at both tackle spots with Tyler Steen coming over from Vanderbilt. You have JC Latham, uh, the former number one offensive tackle in the country, stepping in at right tackle, and they've been pretty solid. Um, they want to get kind of more of a push and more physicality from the three interior spots, uh, but from a pass protection standpoint, it hasn't been. That bad, and um, I think that's really the step in the right direction from last year because Alabama gave up way too many sacks. And they gave up more than forty, mm-hmm. and you know to, to keep Bryce Young uh, or to give him time to keep his jersey clean is, is imperative. And you know, we've seen some movement at the guard positions. Uh, and Cohen and you are back as, as starters, but you know, they've been rotating a freshman in, in Tyler Booker because he kind of has that main streak that they want to see in an offensive lineman a a guy that's kind of his mentality is contagious kind of like a Landon Dickerson um you know a couple years ago I'm not really necessarily comparing him to Landon because Landon was everything they wanted and more uh from an offensive lineman but um I think just that mentality and that's kind of what new offensive line coach Eric Wolford brought to the table as well they just want to be intense and physical all those you know buzzwords for an offensive line mm-hmm. but i think they're they're turning in the right direction this is going to be a big test this week going against that arkansas defensive front um and then you know really the month of october is going to be with the meat of the sec schedule yeah. so i think they're they're improved but we're going to learn a lot about this offensive line of these next four games
2: flipping it to the other side of the ball a lot of veteran defenders uh, henry toa toa Will Anderson, did I say that right? Henry Toa Toa. It's a tough. It, it, it's it's easy to say at best, but it, it looks complicated, I guess. But uh, a lot of veterans on that side of the ball. What are they doing? That's uh, that's been impressive. They've certainly they held Texas pretty low, and then the other three outmatch opponents just completely, utterly dominated them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it is a, a very veteran group, and and that's kind of a cop out answer, but that's the strength is just the experience of the, the overall unit now. Yeah. One hundred and seventy-three
2: to ten, by the way, in those those other three games. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, like, they did their job, but like, and then in the same breath, like last week against Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt had fourteen rushing yards on twenty-six attempts. Mm-hmm. This this team's really good at stopping the run. Um, I get that it's not been against the best competition, but you know, going to Texas on the road and keeping Bijan Robinson in check is is an impressive feat because he's a dude. You yeah. know, he's there aren't very many running backs in the country better than the number five for Texas and and Alabama did his job against him. Um, You know, they have some young corners. That's really the, the, the fresh or, or just the vanilla aspect of the, the defense in terms of they don't have as much experience as the rest of the guys at other spots. But, you know, you had a guy like Terry Arnold go into that Texas game after Xavier Worthy had a couple of big-time receptions, and he kept him in check the rest of the game. So uh, the defensive strengths, there's a lot of them. Again, stopping the run's been really impressive. That's something they did really well last year, and they've been able to get uh, pressure on the quarterback. Um, Will Anderson had two and a half sacks last week. Uh, I think the one thing they want to do more so is to start forcing some turnovers. They only have one on the season, which is kind of mind-boggling. But at the same time, teams just aren't being able to stay on the field against this defense, so the opportunities aren't as high. So that's been an emphasis, but no, it's a it's a damn good defense. And, you know, I, I think this will be a, an interesting test because you know, we saw them give up some points on the road last year. We saw it at Florida. We saw it at A&M. Not maybe so much at Auburn. Uh, that was kind of a low-scoring game, but, um, you know, we saw it in the national championship against Georgia. So I think this is a, a defense that... With its veteran presence, has a lot to prove in terms of the things they want to improve on from last year, and they, you know, they're saying the right things. They're motivated, and we'll see if that's the case on Saturday.
2: Yeah, Arkansas has also not been great forcing turnovers. They haven't had any turnovers forced in the last two games, so that could be a big aspect of this one. Obviously, you know, just looking at what is the path for Arkansas to beat Alabama probably some similar things like with Texas, Alabama had 15 penalties. That would be a start winning the turnover battle, obviously keeping it clean, uh, having a rowdy environment, getting off to a a, a big start. So I'm not going to kind of bore you with the, uh, the ways that uh, that Arkansas could potentially upset Alabama, but I do want to get your score prediction on the game. What do you, how do you think this, uh, this game plays out?
0: No, I think it's it's going to be an interesting one. It's one I'm kind of excited to watch because, you know, like we just said, outside of the, the road trip to Texas, it's been kind of three snoozers of games. Mm-hmm. So I think Arkansas is going to present a challenge. Um, you know, it, not to really harp on what Alabama doesn't do well because I think that whole local quarterback narrative is, is a little bit overblown. But Hudson Card, when he came in for Quinn Ewers at Texas, had some, some success. So whenever the defense – you know, does its job, is great in coverage, but then they maybe force the quarterback out of the pocket. That's where KJ Jefferson can, can be dangerous. So I think they're going to look to contain that. And I just think with with the defense being really sound at stopping the run and then the offensive line just showing some, you know, marks of – progress and improvement in terms of just an overall unit but in pass pro I, I like where alabama sits in these matchups i don't think alabama is going to run away with it like they did two years ago mm-hmm. in fayetteville but um i think alabama wins this when i have it 37 to 20.
2: all right charlie appreciate you joining us man we'll look forward yeah. to, to seeing you in fayetteville if you need any recommendations places to eat things to see those kinds of things then uh then be sure to hit me up okay
0: yeah no problem man i'll, I'll sure to be in touch
2: all right all right thanks charlie All right, everybody, that's Charlie Potter again, at Charlie underscore Potter on Twitter. Uh, Does a great job over there. We're going to flip it right over to Curtis Wilkerson now. For those of you who don't follow Curtis Wilkerson, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore. And Curtis has been with us a couple years now and just does a tremendous job.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
3: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America N.A. Member FDIC.
2: Our main basketball guy, but does so many other things beyond just that. Curtis, how are you doing, man?
1: I am doing fantastic. I've had the laptop outside, enjoying a little fall weather, and and definitely looking forward to some football. Yeah, it's it's fantastic outside.
2: Fantastic. Um, Hey, I I want to get your thoughts real quick on the schedule uh, officially coming out for basketball.
1: Wow, yeah. I I mean, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, this is a really tough slate. It's the most challenging one I, I think that Eric Musselman has had since he came to Arkansas, you know. Jeff Goodman has nothing to whine about this year. I mean, it's, uh, it's tough. You know, three games, all mat- or, you know, marquee matchups early on in that Maui Invitational. Uh, that's one of the most prestigious events early in the season in the country. I, I think it's awesome for Arkansas to get that kind of exposure. Uh, you know, Oklahoma on a neutral site, they, they beat up on the Hogs pretty good last year. Uh, so maybe a little revenge opportunity there, but they project as a tourney team uh, you know, you have to go at, or, you know, on the road and play at Baylor in that SEC Big 12 challenge. Uh, there's nothing easy about that at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Arkansas has got five, uh, you know, neutral site games. And then they have that true road game at Baylor. You look at the home slate in the non-conference. I mean, there's some underrated games there. You know, Anthony Ruta takes a lot of pride in kind of identifying those, you know, sneaky good mid-majors that, you know, they project might win their league. And, you know, you look at it right from the jump. Uh, you open up against the North Dakota State squad that won 23 games last year. Uh, mm-hmm. You play South Dakota State. Listen, they, they've lost a couple guys. They had 30 wins last season. They made it to the NCAA tournament. I watched them in person in Buffalo. Uh, those guys are good. That's two teams out of that Summit League, and, and that's a, a conference that's known uh, for filling it up from the three-point line. So, you know, Arkansas is going to have to be ready to play early in the season. you got Troy. That's a game that I kind of have circled as one to keep your eyes on. You know, Arkansas, they go to Maui. They play three games in three days. They fly back home from Hawaii. You get fat on some Thanksgiving turkey, and you turn around that weekend and play a Troy team that's really, really good defensively. They won 20 games last season. So, uh, look, it's a it's a challenging schedule there for Arkansas. I, you know, I think that there's no you know nine game buildup to the season with a bunch of tune ups before things get real. That happens right out of the gate. So, it was good this team got the foreign tour. Uh, you know, I, I like the red-white game. I think they're going to add another scrimmage, but I think it's really key for Arkansas to get on the road, go to Texas, open that new arena there for an exhibition game, and test themselves against a really good program because, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to get real quick for them when the regular season opens up.
2: Curtis Wilkerson join us, again, at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. And uh, you're, he's a great follower, obviously. You're, you're inching up about 10,000 10, followers there, Curtis. You're starting to starting to explode hey I wanted to uh, We're getting there. <laughs> yeah getting there I wanted to flip you over to uh, the football game obviously uh, Arkansas and and Alabama you've been kind of focused on Alabama's defense a defense that gives up just 7.2 points per game uh, only 201.2 yards per game both first in the SEC rushing defense has been outstanding and I think that's probably the biggest most important matchup in this aside from you know, just the, the intangibles of it uh, where you need Alabama to probably make a few mistakes here and there. But Arkansas number two in the SEC at 243.8 rushing yards per game, and uh, Alabama number one in the SEC in rushing defense at 62.5 yards per game. What what do you make of, of this matchup between Arkansas's offense and Alabama's defense?
1: Well, it's awesome, yeah, and I agree with what you said. I think it's one of the keys to this game. Uh, you know, if, if you're Arkansas, just because Alabama's, you know, really good at stopping the run, you're not just going to abandon it. Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, I think Arkansas should line up and, and run it right at them 65 times like they did South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might not work out too well. But, I you know, I really like what uh, what Sam Pittman had to say about that yesterday, you know, of just being able to run when you need to. And it doesn't mean you have to do it a ton. And, and so I agree. You know, I think winning on first down, uh, converting those third and shorts and keeping the chains moving. Uh, that's going to be really important. And, you know, if Arkansas has got these big, powerful rushers. I, I think it needs to be, uh, you know, maybe the trio show of, of K.J. Jefferson, uh, Rocket Sanders, and then big Dominic Johnson. These keep falling forward and, and getting positive yardage. You know, if, if Arkansas is able to sustain a few longer drives, uh, that keeps Bryce Young off of the field. So I, I think that could be a key for the Razorbacks. But, yeah i mean it's going to be easier said than done you know this alabama front seven is is tough uh obviously you take a look on the interior a really impressive physical specimen jaheem otis this guy's a freshman he's 65 350 pounds and he's kind of assumed a starting role for him uh which is impressive because of the guy that he's replaced who rotates in there and dj Dell is a three-year starter so uh you know they got a couple really big dudes right there in the middle and, and then you go back to linebacker with you know just a tackling machine uh, like Henry Tooto and I mean, you know, Will Anderson, obviously known for his rushing, but this guy does a lot of things. You know, he's got a, a block field goal, he's got a pick six this year. So, you know, that Alabama defense is just one you can kind of throw a dart at the depth chart and, and, you know, find a really talented player. So it's gonna be a it's gonna be a challenge for Arkansas, but I do like, you know, their veteran offensive line. Uh, you know, and just the just, just the power and the size that Arkansas has in that rushing attack. I think it's gonna be a really fascinating
2: matchup. Curtis Wilverson joining us. Curtis, you think, uh, on just on the other side of the ball, do you think uh, Arkansas can disrupt Bryce Young? I noticed you had that as one of your, your five keys to victory, or I guess your five burning questions.
1: Yeah, I, I think they've got a really good opportunity to do that, maybe more so than last year, uh, and, and you have to hope. I mean, he threw for 559 yards on – you know the Razorbacks last season, but uh, I think it comes down to that pass rush. You know we we know that you know Arkansas has had some well documented struggles in the secondary. I do think Miles Slusher, uh, you know, helps that cause, and, and maybe they'll start to get the right guys in the right pieces. And you know I think they're better against Texas A and M. Obviously this is a different animal, uh, but you got to get to them. And you know I I think you got Drew Sanders. Uh, obviously he might have a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. You know, playing against his former teammates, but when he has the opportunity to rush, he's got to get home. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, it doesn't have to be a ton of sacks, uh, but at least pressuring him, making him uncomfortable, flushing him a little bit, uh, and seeing if you can force him into a few mistakes. I think that's going to be key uh, in disrupting him a little bit. And then, you know, like I mentioned earlier, uh, I think some of that goes back to the other side of the ball. You know, Arkansas last year, uh, they had a lot of quick strike scores against Alabama. And, you know, it wound up being a shootout and they fell short there. But are they going to be able to sustain some of those longer drives, uh, you know, move the chains, control the clock a little bit? The longer the Arkansas offense is on the field, the less the Alabama offense is on the field. You keep Bryce Young off the field and out of a rhythm probably bodes well for you.
2: Curtis, I I really think, I mean, Alabama, as we mentioned, 62.5 rushing yards allowed per game. I think Arkansas is going to be able to run the ball. And I know they've got a very veteran defense, but I just can't imagine Arkansas just, not being able to have any measure of success running the ball in this game. And if they can do that, then, you know, the, K.J. Jefferson should be able to throw the ball. But he has, K.J. has to be efficient, you know. He doesn't – it would be great if he just tees off and, and explodes against them. They do have some youth, I guess, at cornerback. But that's probably unlikely. What he has to do is keep the chains moving they got to have success running he's got to have success running picking his spots there and just being efficient throwing the ball and and not making a, a bunch of colossal errors if they do that you you kind of get the sense that they have a shot maybe in the fourth quarter to to maybe surprise Alabama they they just got to get some confidence wouldn't you agree
1: yeah I, I agree with that 100% i i think i wrote in one of my stories you know is is arkansas going to get their average of 244 yards on the ground against alabama I don't know, maybe that's a tall ask, but I think that's more likely than being held to 62.5 or or whatever Alabama gives up. So, you know, the answer probably lies somewhere in the middle there. But, yeah, I just, I don't see this Arkansas rushing attack with with the weapons that they have uh, to be shut down. And you're right, it does start with KJ Jefferson. And and quite honestly, this is a big game for him. Uh, You know, needs to bounce back a little bit. He's been a little careless with the ball. That's something that we're not used to with him. Uh, So being secure with that thing, And then, you know, at the end of the day, Arkansas is going to need him to make some plays and he's going to have to do it on the move, under pressure, whether that's with his legs, uh, you know, or maybe fitting some passes in some tight windows. Uh, You know, Alabama struggled defending the pass at Texas and it's kind of the only game they've been challenged in all season. Uh, You know, we saw KJ kind of soften up that secondary against Texas A&M with a couple early touchdown passes in the last game. Uh, you know, maybe he gets a shot over the top and, and can kind of soften them up early on in this one. I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, certainly a big game for KJ. I, I think he's a guy who kind of relishes in this moment uh, and, and knows that he probably didn't play his best game last weekend. So, I think he's going to be up for the challenge.
2: I don't know that it's uh, not an advantage for Arkansas to having been tested some this season. Alabama, obviously the Texas game, where they had a lot of penalties and, and such. But, I mean – I don't know. I just think there's some benefit for Arkansas having been tested where as Alabama has just kind of rolled over people. Curtis, you always list five keys to victories, turnovers, penalties, special teams, injuries are always key, uh, the first four. But you always add uh, a different one for the fifth. And this week it is to improve in the third quarter. Arkansas has just not been very good in the third quarter.
1: Yeah, it's really wild. You know, you go look at the full season box score – uh, and they can break it down by quarters there. And, and Arkansas has won the first, second, and fourth quarters, uh, you know, by a pretty decent margin this season, but they're just getting crushed in the third quarter. And, and if you go game by game, uh, they've lost the third quarter in all four of their games so far. I think they've been outscored by a combined forty one to thirteen. Uh, you know, you think about that Missouri State game, you know it felt like Arkansas had some momentum back going into halftime, uh, come out in the third quarter with a chance to take a lead, and boom, throw an interception. Mm. Uh, you know, against Texas A and M. They were kind of on their heels going to halftime, but you have an opportunity to regroup, you know, make some adjustments, whatever, you come back out. uh, And we know that that third quarter didn't go too well at all. Texas A&M scores uh, to take the lead. They score again to go up by two scores. Arkansas, I I think, had, what was it, 19, 21 yards, of total offense in the quarter and just one first down. So, uh, you know, whatever the approach is there, I remember Eric Musselman was frustrated with the basketball team last year uh, about how they just came out slow and, and sluggish in that first five minutes of the second half, and it cost them a the time. So he was looking into, well, what's our approach at halftime? You know, what adjustments are we making? How are we warming up when we come back out on the field? Um, I don't know. Maybe Arkansas needs to tweak some of those things before the start of the third quarter. But, you know, to beat a team like Alabama, you've got to play a clean game, uh, and you've got to bring it for four quarters so they can't afford, uh, you know, to kind of sleepwalk after halftime.
2: Score prediction, Curtis. Let's hear it.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. Before that Texas A&M game, I, I was kind of flirting with the thought of an upset here. I really was, but you know, at the end of the day, I, I look at Arkansas right now, and you know, I, I do think this home atmosphere, this crowd, uh, maybe that gives the Hogs, you know, you know, a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we'll see. I do wish Arkansas is playing a little bit cleaner and obviously has some more answers in the secondary uh, for Bryce Young. I think this is going to be a competitive game. I haven't logged my official prediction yet. I think in the in the preseason ones that we did I think I went 38 to 27 uh Alabama I'll probably be somewhere around that you know I don't think this is going to be a blowout I do think it's going to be competitive I think Arkansas can take this game in the fourth quarter but in the end uh probably have you know terms of tied by seven to ten points
2: now, I don't have the worst feeling about this game for Arkansas I no. mean I actually kind of feel okay about them I, I I'm not picking Arkansas to beat Alabama I'm not going to pick a team that hasn't beaten another team since 2006 uh, to win <laughs> yeah. any game but uh I don't feel awful about Arkansas's chances given that it's home, uh, Alabama's uh, recent road struggles, and uh, I, I don't know, just the matchups. And, and I also you know, kind of throw it back to Arkansas has been sloppy at times. They've had some penalty issues. But I also remember last year against Texas, the game before that, I actually picked Texas to beat Arkansas because Texas – and I picked Texas by a, a touchdown. It wasn't like anything insurmountable or anything. But uh, the reason I did that – Because the week before, Arkansas had 13 penalties for well over 100 yards uh, in their opener. And, you know, Texas played a lot cleaner in their opener against Louisiana, which was regarded as a a pretty tough opening opponent. Um, So the next game, Arkansas obviously played a lot cleaner. Uh, They only had four penalties for 40 yards in that game and obviously walloped Texas. Alabama's a different animal, but it just, you know, goes to show you that you can clean stuff up if you really focus on it in a week. So
1: yeah 100 i i agree with you on that and you know it is it is interesting you know you, you would have to believe that arkansas is going to be motivated and fired up this home crowd i, I imagine is going to be crazy yeah. uh you know and, and that really helps and then you, you look at alabama and you think well you're, have they even really played anybody better than they see in practice uh the last couple of weeks probably not but you know, it's interesting after that texas game you know they, they came back and, and stole it there at the end and nick saban was ticked off and you know he was like hey you know some of our alabama teams in the past we used to you know go on the road and have a bunch of hateful competitors that you know kind of relished in and just quieting and, and sending home big crowds uh, mm-hmm. before the game was over and you know if you listen to the alabama players uh you know in their press conferences throughout the course of this week that's something that i think they've really taken heed to that message no so doubt. i think it's gonna be really interesting to see who sets that tone uh you know is arkansas going to come out and, and land the first punch and say hey Uh, you know, you're getting yourselves into a dogfight here. Let's go. Or, uh, you know, does Alabama come out and and land that first blow and, you know, kind of take Coach Saban's advice? I think watching that, you know, opening segment of the game there and and seeing who hits the first haymaker is going to be interesting to see.
2: There's no question about it. That message has been delivered. All right, Curtis, appreciate you, buddy. Yep, sounds good. We'll talk to you soon. All right, everybody, that's Curtis Wilkerson. I kind of said muddy buddy like buddy. (laughs) All right, everybody. Curtis does such a good job with us at Hog Sports. His basketball coverage is is just unmatched, and we're we're super happy to have him with us over there at Hog Sports. All right. We're going to go to questions. Questions, questions. Before that, I want to remind you one more time. If you don't want to worry about your internet service, if you're tired of plugging it in, plugging it out, getting into fights with your wife over the internet's not working, no honey, I don't know how to fix it. You said something you didn't mean. Next thing you know, you're not talking, all because your Internet stinks. Ozarks Go is as reliable an Internet service as I've ever had. It's actually unmatched. I have not thought about them since the day that they came and put a little incision in my yard and hooked everything up. Two very nice guys left, and I haven't thought about Ozarks Go since then until we started doing this promotion. So if you want to find out more about Ozarks Go, if they're available in your area, go to OzarksGo.net. That's O-Z-A-R-K-S gonet slash hog, H-A-W-G, ozarksgo.net slash hog. I'll put the link in the description below. Uh, You can also reach them at 479-684-4900, but definitely the best way is to go to the website, uh, hit the check availability graphics, see if they're available in your area. Just think north of the tunnel. You know, if you're in northwest Arkansas, think eastern Oklahoma. Uh, If you have Ozarks Electric, then you definitely uh, should should be able to have Ozarks uh, go. So, OzarksGo.net slash hog. Very pleased with my service. Trey bitty stamp of approval with OzarksGo. Okay. Questions now. Let's get to some questions. Jonathan Mosley says, Hey, Trey, what do you think about Will Anderson's comments with regard to playing the road, saying we want fans to leave their own stadium? He then elaborated that they want Arkansas fans to leave by halftime or the third quarter, I mean that's the message I would be ha- hammering home if I was Nick Saban to these guys because they haven't played very well on the road, and it's been a problem for them. So you you send a message out, and then, you know you hope your players embrace it. it. Sounds like they are, just based on their comments. But yeah, he said the audacity of them to even step on the field. Josh Sohn says best show around. Appreciate that, Josh. Timothy David Long says, hey, Trey, always love the show and the walk and talk, so we force turnovers and get pressure on Bryce, we win. Thoughts? Uh, It's not just enough to force turnovers. I I think that, uh, you know, you need to really win the turnover battle. Um, You know, something happened like a block punt or, uh, you know, a big safety or – Something like happened to Arkansas against Texas A&M, some kind of big swing like that where you see the chances of winning change, you know, something to really inspire confidence. Arkansas got confidence against Alabama last year, but something like that needs to happen. It doesn't need to be, as, you know, the previous comment where Alabama comes in, scores, stops Arkansas three and out, maybe scores again. And then you completely take the crowd out of the game. You have confidence concerns, and I, I think another thing to to wonder about too, like how much is Arkansas going to stick with what we know works, and that's you know the passing game, the RPO. Like there's going to be there's going to be a need to feel like you got to get a certain edge in this one. Is it an onside kick? Is it a trick play? <sighs> Everybody, a trick play. I know it's scary. It hasn't worked very well, but. Those kinds of things are things that you see teams do against Alabama just because they feel like they need to get an edge somewhere, going for it on, you know, your own territory and fourth down, something like that. Those kinds of things, if Arkansas does them, need to work out. It doesn't need to be blown up or it could get ugly. Timothy David Long says, Hey, Trey, always love the show and the walk and talk. We just read that. Appreciate that, Timmy. Timothy. Adrian Jones says, I skipped the last show because I didn't want to hear about the AM loss. Last show was a good one. That was actually our least viewed show in months. People just didn't want to hear it, I guess. But we, I, I mean, it obviously it's not fun to lose, but we broke that down and looked ahead. It was a good show. Tyler Tober says, do you think a run game will fare well enough or will we need to open up the passing game more to have a chance at the end? I mean, they definitely threw the ball on him last year. I still think – you guys know I love Dominic Johnson. I just think that that guy can be a difference maker in this one just by falling forward, just by keeping the chains moving. Him and Rocket Sanders, I would just go with those guys so much. I just can't envision Rocket just being completely shut out, okay, or Dominic. I think that they can have success running. There's I mean, there's some interesting matchups. They've got they're very talented on the defensive line. They've got a I think a freshman at nose and you know, Stromberg's a senior. You need a better game from Stromberg. Not that he played bad overall, it's just like in that clutch moment. That's another thing. In the clutch, crucial moments, you don't need to have an errant snap. You know, you don't need to have a drop pass. Like last game if Arkansas, Adrian, just to clarify some of the things I was talking about, like last game. Against uh, Texas A&M, if Arkansas doesn't have that bad snap, I fully believe they just slowly march it down the rest of the way, running the ball, score a touchdown. Say Texas A&M, go beat us. You got to score a touchdown to beat us. You got thirty seconds. I think that's how the game would have played out. But you go from second and five immediately to third and fifteen. It's a it's a disaster basically. Because then, you know, even though you milk the clock down, you kick a field goal, if you would made the field goal, they've still got, what, a minute 45 to go the other way and, and score and two timeouts, I think. What needs to be done in the secondary, says Mike Russell. They played better in the secondary. I mean, like for as much as people have complained about the defense, they gave up 16 points in the last game. That's not bad. Uh, however, they were also facing Max Johnson, and they're about to face Bryce Young, and then Will Rogers. You know, so it's a different tier of quarterback that they're about to face. Um, I do think that they took a step forward. I mean, I thought that Miles Slusher made his impact known immediately, made an immediate impact, I should say. Three th- three third down plays in the uh, in the first quarter that stopped Texas A and M. So. You can't give up big plays. I mean, they, Arkansas has also had some times where they have been beaten on deep balls, and that's also a product of, you know, you're in man coverage, you're blitzing guys, you're rolling the dice a little bit, and sometimes you're going to get beat deep, and you just kind of got to hope that uh, it's an errant throw. Bryce Young is a Heisman winner for a reason. He connects on those kinds of throws. So, you're going to give up some stuff. You're, you're just, you you're just are. Like, if people are, like, going – people are, like, getting ready to start bitching about – the uh the passing total that's coming then just go ahead and know that alabama is going to put up passing yards they've been preparing all week they have a heisman trophy winning quarterback they have a bunch of five stars they're going to put up some passing yards arkansas is going to have to probably match I, i just you know probably not going to see a tremendously low scoring game in this one Landon Montgomery says, Young won't gift us with the overthrows and blown covers. Ah, Landon Montgomery are beat deep. It's getting worse, worse feeling about this game. Landon Montgomery, great minds think alike. If there is one trade, what's the road to victory? Just, I mean, it's kind of the same thing, like, with Texas AM, and just the other way around. Like, Arkansas – Arkansas firmly beat them in every real category except for turnovers and the scoreboard, but everything else. They did exactly what teams that end up winning games do, like by significant margin. So Arkansas needs that kind of thing to happen. To be honest, they need untimely penalties. They need drops. They need a bad bobbled snap at the end of the game. They need a Turnover and they need to pay, make, make Alabama pay for them like Alabama makes other teams pay. Alabama needs to make mistakes and they need to pay the biggest price for them seven points. We're talking football, paid in rows. George Alma says, I heard they were showing three, two, six when you guys saw them in fastball one day. How much do you see? Do you think we see the defense in that set? I think they'll just mix it up, George. I, I really do. I think we'll see 3 uh, 3 four-man front. I mean, Alabama's been kind of throwing the ball more, throwing out of the backfield a lot to Jamar Gibbs. Adrian says secondary was definitely better last year. Probably. I mean, you had – well, you didn't have slush – or, excuse me, you didn't have um, Catalan in this one, but you did have, um, you know – the two guys that transferred to LSU, and you had uh, Monteric Brown also. Brian Malone says, any injuries for the Hogs, are we healthy? I think there is – I mean, they've obviously got some guys banged up here and there, but I'm, I'm not expecting them to miss anybody of any significance in this one that, you know, I guess they've, they haven't been al- without already. Um, you know, Catalan's obviously out, the Darius Bishop's out. Mason Allen Rigsby says, how do you think our defense will hold up against the Alabama offensive line? I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's an awful matchup. I think you're right. I don't think they're maybe as stout as they've been. I don't think it's an awful matchup. So, I don't I don't have a terrible feeling about this game. I don't know what that is, but I, I haven't had a terrible feeling about this game since literally Sunday when I woke up and started thinking about it. Obviously, I, my mom was on the Texas A&M game too, but – I don't have an awful feeling. I think Arkansas should be 4-0 right now and 2-0 in the SEC. That's That would be the most awful thing that you feel. Can Bama beat themselves, says Timothy David Long? They don't usually, but that's what kind of thing Arkansas needs to have. Alan Hurst says, could Pittman use anger this week to motivate the team for this game? They know they should have beat Texas A&M. Maybe a little bit of that. <laughs> Jordy Garcia says, Trey, what do you think Arkansas needs to do? to keep this game close win. I think I've kind of covered that, Jordy, and um, some of the other questions. Esgar Jimenez says, has anyone asked Pittman if the pass versus run play calling will be more balanced going forward? I think, you know, for Pittman, they want to be balanced, but ultimately what balance to him means is be able to throw when they need to throw and be able to run when they need to be able to run. And in the same hand, be able to stop the run when they need to stop the run. That's what Pittman always points to is the teams that can run the ball – when they have to, and that's whether that's um, milking a clock or you know just plowing over your opponent and keeping the chains moving, keeping their offense on the other uh, on the other sideline. Those are the two things that he feels are you know what separates the great teams from good teams is teams that can run when they have to and teams that can stop the run when they have to. They want to have balance, but that doesn't mean just fifty-fifty. It means you know, I mean, a lot of times it does. Do that. But it really just means being able to do either one when you need to do it. Kendall Browse's offense is when they were at their peak, they'd be like in the top five in the country in rushing yards and then top 25 in passing yards. So always a little more geared towards the run. Josh Grubb says, do you think we played Dominic Johnson a little last week to get hits and prepping for Bama or maybe just didn't get around him getting in? So I think that, that was really the first maybe opportunity where they felt good about testing his knee. Up 14, you know, they didn't really get that opportunity against Missouri State, so this just seemed like, I guess, a good game. I, I've, I've been clear on this. I would go Dominic Johnson, Rocket Sanders. Those are my top two backs. Obviously, Rocket gets some more carries, but uh, right behind him, Dominic Johnson. That's my opinion. I, I just, I, I like the guy that falls forward and keeps the chains moving, and that's Dominic. If we beat Bama, is winning the West in play? Yes, absolutely. Texas A&M is not going undefeated in this conference. I mean, obviously you've got a tough road ahead. But, like, here's the deal, guys. Alabama, so say hypothetically that Arkansas beats Alabama. All right, then they're on the road at Mississippi State. That's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a tough game, okay? They can beat Mississippi State, though. But even if they don't and they come out of this stretch, I think they're going to beat BYU. Okay, I think they've got a better team. I know there's some intangibles that are going to be difficult, but I think they're going to beat BYU. And then, I mean, guys, you're talking a bye week. Auburn, who's falling apart. LSU, who's still starting over. They're going to be tough, though, but you get them in Fayetteville. But LSU's got, you know, a lot of missing pieces. And, I mean, what else is it? Missouri, Liberty. I mean, they're not in the SEC, but Missouri. I'm missing somebody. Ole Miss. Ole Miss in Fayetteville also. So, I mean – you got a lot of games in Fayetteville at the end of the schedule. You know, you should beat Missouri. You should beat Auburn. You should probably beat LSU. It's it's at home. Um, You should probably beat Ole Miss. I mean, if you come out of this stretch here with only two losses, then first of all, that's a great chance to have a really great season. But if you can beat – if you come out of this stretch with one loss, then – I mean, if you beat Alabama, then obviously we're all thinking, wow, Arkansas has got a really good chance to – we'll see how it goes, but I'm not predicting them to beat Alabama. they got to beat them at some point. I guess every year they have a better chance of beating Alabama if they have a competitive team just because of the odds. At some point you're going to get them. Landon says, people didn't listen to the last show, Trey, because the entire state was heartbroken. Yeah, nothing like Hawk fans. You yeah, know, it was a heartbreaking game, especially when you feel like you whipped them, you know. And it's Texas A&M, too. And that's the thing, I think, that people like Texas A&M fans are offended that I say Arkansas fans hate them, but they do. And, I mean, they're easy to hate for a lot of reasons. First of all, um, you know, Arkansas fans don't like Texas A&M's traditions. They don't like – anything about them and they seem to have this lately this spell over Arkansas where these crazy things happen and I don't know you don't feel like Texas A&M should be the school that's got the mojo on their side against Arkansas the universe is helping them out but it has Dustin Hoofman says, I know you don't like going back to that time, trade, but people need to remember where we were as a program before Pittman and where Pittman has led us to. I agree with that. And I've said before, that should not be the reflection point, should not be the comparison. Hey, just be happy because this is what Arkansas football could be. No, it's just where Arkansas was recently. So recognize that. Recognize how far Pittman has come. Um, things that tick me off just as much as losing a game are irrational people who start talking about firing coaches and, you know, Pittman did this and that's pathetic and that's embarrassing and stuff. I mean, you're embarrassing. I mean, that's 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 an embarrassing thing to say. You should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> Alan Hurst said, proud of Andrew Ellis, by the way. I'm his uncle and he's a fine man. Thanks for hiring him, Trey. We're really proud of Andrew Ellis. He's come so far since he interned for us, and we weren't planning on just bringing in another guy, but we didn't want to get rid of him. We didn't want to lose him. So we brought him on full-time. He's done a great job. All right, everybody. I think we did it. I want to say thanks to Charlie Potter for joining us. Thanks to Curtis Wilkerson for presiding, providing his insight on the game and a little bit of basketball knowledge also. And before we get out of here, one more time I want to remind you, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't done so already. It means so much to our show to be able to get a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Right now, we're the h- highest-rated show on in Arkansas uh, with 5.0 stars for like 700-something and something ratings. We'd love to get up to about 1,000 ratings and stuff. So leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you haven't subscribed on YouTube, Take a moment to do so now. Most of the people that watch the video aren't even subscribed. And be sure to hit that notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Also available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, plenty of other platforms. And we're always streaming live on Facebook. Follow the page if you haven't done so already and uh, become one of 90,000 Razorback fans to do so. All right, everybody. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Appreciate everybody tuning in with us as well. This has been Trey Bitty with hogsports.com. And I'll catch you after the game for the Walk & Talk.